0: ONTO THE SCIENCE FICTION Story number one Embargo written by Kuto8797 The human invention of FTL travel and subsequent integration with the intergalactic community were very normal and frankly tedious events. Diplomats raced back and forth, star charts were gifted, technology was traded, TV specials were broadcast, cultural analysis etc. Like many other species in the Spiral Council, humans had largely abolished war against one another in the pursuit of knowledge. Those species who never did so rarely survived long enough to develop warp drives anyway. But the way humans spitted right into the galactic community was remarkable. Gifted with a unique sense of empathy and a highly advanced intellect, the inhabitants of Earth quickly became favours for diplomats and traders with their uncanny ability to understand the feelings and point of view of other species, their motives and struggles. Demands for human diplomats skyrocketed. They were capable of understanding that words carried not only meaning, but emotions and feelings and had learned on how to play on these emotions and intentions. Human-mediating enterprises sprouted out all over the galaxy. As their expertise was a massive help in solving the many issues the space-sparing civilization faced every day, from planetary claims, resource demands, threats, deals gone bad, losses, amongst others, a meeting mediated by a human most often resulted in both parties leaving her happy and satisfied. This, of course, also meant that they excelled in plotting and lying, but few were the humans that made use of their skills in such a vile way. However, the one thing humans excelled at was, uh, with no shadow of a doubt, trading. Trading was obviously present before humans arrived, but their methods quickly revolutionized the whole field. You see, Earth, humanity's home planet, while not poor in resources per se, has them scattered all over the surface in clusters. In order to cope with this, Terran nations established complex trading networks to allow workers to specialize in certain available resources while being supplied from somewhere else with goods that they could not acquire locally. While the galactic community rarely traded more than basic goods and luxurious local products, humans had experience in creating finery-oiled gears of trade with multiple intermediaries. Once their freighters and enterprises were cleared for interplanetary trading, an economic boom began. Planets that had poor mineral veins were turned into bread baskets to feed mining colonies. Freighters ran not back and forth, but in a cycle. Taking cheap goods from a planet, burying them to where they would fetch a decent price and repeat, Terran banks began operating all over the inhabited galaxy lending funds and credits for entrepreneurs to start their own businesses and thus create even more sources of wealth. They introduced an entirely foreign concept of community, the Stock Exchange. Within years, the Galactic Stock Exchange and Galactic Bank became the largest institution in the galaxy and are still, to this day, mostly controlled by humans. With the immense influx of wealth and quality of living, along with the smiling and trustworthy personalities, Huberts quickly became beloved by all. But all this trade brought an unexpected development. War. Civilizations that had once before been too poor to afford interplanetary warfare suddenly found themselves flooded with cheap minerals and fuels, allowing them to construct great battle fleets to rain down destruction on the neighbors. In particular, tensions began to rise between two species, the Knudar and the Linar. These insectoid species had been foes from first contact, since the first thing they traded were shells, not greetings. Ever since, so they had remained an uneasy peace. Their lack of crucial minerals in interplanetary warfare, such as phryromite and tungsten, stopped the escalating on all-out war the human traders bringing an abundance of minerals, such restraints no longer applied. As tensions rose to a boiling point, not even human diplomats were able to diffuse the situation. Both species demanded nothing other than the eradication of the other. One day, when the threat of war became unavoidable, the humans, for the first time in existence within the community, issued an ultimatum. Both parties were to stand down or face an embargo. Unfortunately, this message didn't get through, and the translators found no equivalent term for the expression on the alien languages, and war quickly broke out, with the Knudar invading Linar space. Only then, the meaning of embargo was comprehended by all species. An embargo meant that all humans severed any trade connections all banking links and business partnerships with both belligerents and threatened to do the same for any species that continued supplying them if the humans were a regular species of the community this would have backfired terribly as they isolated themselves from the commercial network but the humans were far too ingrained in it all major trading hubs were owned by humans the largest trading fleets were property of human corporations, banks, advisers, traders, suppliers, manufacturers, and even stock exchange itself. were far too connected to humanity for them to be kicked out of it, and so quickly realizing the dangers of being isolated from a trading network, all other species complied, and trade stopped arriving in Knud and Lund. The effects were instantaneous. For the last decade, all planets on the galaxy had evolved and developed themselves as part of a network. Planets were no longer self-sufficient, as trade allowed them to specialize focusing on natural advantages of their own environment and relying on trade to fulfill other needs. As such, when the Knud and the Lin found no more freighters arriving and no more banks lending money, chaos broke out. Riots broke out in Knud, and the flow of spice, a popular narcotic from a distant desert planet, stopped abruptly. The people were no longer happy at home, watching the fifty-seventh season of a popular human TV show, Doctor Unknown, and instead protested in government buildings and in the streets. The mighty dreadnoughts of the Imperial Navy became less than decorations, as their reactors could not be powered any more due to lack of firemite. Meanwhile, in line, things were even worse. With food running lower every day, unrest began in the population. They resented the hunger, their isolation from the third Interplanetary Olympic Games, the lack of special human mixtures of ethanol, such as whiskey and beer. The railguns of the Linar defense grid were worthless without tungsten. Just a month after the embargo with all out rebellion imminent, both warring nations sat down and agreed to the human terms. A white peace, a trade rushed in, spice flowed once more and peace was restored to the galaxy. A handful of foodie species attempted their luck against the human embargo. The poorie began foolish enough to attack humanity itself. When their ships arrived at Earth ready to fight, they faced not only the vast Terran navy, well stocked with the advanced weapons and tactics, but also the fleets of every other species in the galaxy. None of them could afford to have humanity erased. Humans not only ruled the network, they were the network. No one could survive without a trade network now, and so all species pledged to assist humanity. The Buri surrendered without firing a single shot A wise move since they were outnumbered more than ten to one One thing humans did that no other species ever did Was deploy nuclear weapons Develop them Sure, actually testing and detonating them against themselves Not so much As every major nation on Earth stockpiled these weapons The concept of mutually assured destruction Had brought a peace to the planet Kill me And you die along with me And so The ever so clever Terrans Adapted this tactic To the galactic community But rather Their nukes Embargoes And sanctions Were used to maintain the peace And now No one could afford To go to war And so Mutually assured bankruptcy Brought peace to the galaxy End of story Story number two, A World's Farewell, written by Sir Toshi Ten thousand warships danced around the planet like carrion feeders The Reim knew their war was over She would have passed more in the eminent victory Were she not so rudely interrupted by her tactical officer Admiral Reim, the readings for the planet are um, strange The nervous gaze shifted to the little blue and green globe in the main viewport rame sighed why the sensors aren't returning any usable data no topography readings no radioactivity no spectrographic analysis of the atmosphere nothing calm down the humans are just jamming our external sensors but why we have the planet surrounded with our entire fleet what good would it do "'One last push at defiance,' she chuckled. "'Humans can be especially stubborn, particularly when they're losing. "'Earth's defensive fleets have been laughable, "'having been reduced to a smoldering debris without mercy shortly after their arrival.' "'A voice crackled over the intercom. "'Admiral, the Earth's ambassadorial ship has been docked and secured. "'The ambassador is alone and unarmed.' "'Good,' Raym answered. "'Escort the ambassador to the bridge.' She could hardly wait to see those arrogant primates finally grovel on their knees for mercy. Minutes later, she was facing a first civilian human that she'd seen in years. The man had a long grey coat and a tan skin, and the air of someone who was purposely stifling their own pride. "'I am Ambassador James Tanaka of Earth,' he said with a smidgen of respect. "'Admiral Jayarame of Stodus. "'I have to command your people, Admiral, for finding our homeworld. "'I hate for it, uh, but I am impressed. "'You humans aren't as careful as you think,' "'Rame answered with a laugh. "'You practically left a trail.' "'Apparently so,' Tanaka mused, seemingly unperturbed. "'I'm sure you know what I'm going to demand, Ambassador Tanaka.' "'The human man paused, eyes cold, before growling out the word, "'Surrender.' Surrender, Raim repeated, savouring the taste of the word. You should relish the idea, a chance more a spite. After all, your people have had to endure. She smiled, intent on letting a fang show. Besides, you have no other options. Now, please, for the sake of preventing any more bloodshed, just concede. Several seconds passed the silence thicker than oil, Finally, Tanaka's mouth slanted into a sly grin He misunderstood me, Admiral I was offering a chance for you to surrender The members of the bridge crew glanced at each other in confusion Raim groaned and pressed her hand to her head She had expected some vestigial resistance The confidence was almost as an admiral as the delusion was amazing You have no lee bridge, Ambassador, she said One last attempt to make him see reason "'Your fleet has been wiped out. "'With a wave of a hand, I could command all my ships to open fire. "'Believe me, their fingers are on hair-triggers, and your tiny planet is in their crosshairs. "'The offer of surrender remains. "'Stand down now, or your people will burn,' Tanaka countered, as if the sprawling Stolas fleet meant nothing.' You don't even see to submit to our rule, really. Just leave our territory, cease all your attacks in the human world, and we will let you go in peace. The Admiral laughed, unable to contain it. Let us go. Ambassador, you're either mad or an idiot. I'll ask you one last time. Do you surrender? Tanaka shook his head. Do you? With a sigh, Raim waved her hand at the guards. Escort him back to his ship. He can be with the rest of his people when the end comes. That won't be necessary, Tanaka said. I've heard what I needed to hear. Admiral! Called the tactical officer's frantic voice. Internal sensors say that Ambassador Tanaka just sent out a transmission to the planet. Raim glared at the ambassador. What did you do? But the tactical officer continued, Admiral, the planet we're, we're, we're getting sudden spikes in energy readings. Order the fleet to raise shields to maximum, she replied, grabbing Tanaka and throwing him to the ground. Tell me what's going on, she demanded. You lose, that's what. His sly, slanting grin returned. Energy levels of the planet still rising, the officer shouted. Tell me, she yelled again. Raim knelt down and slammed a fist into the ambassador's face. "'Tell me what!' she trailed off as she drew her hand away. Where his skin should have been ripped open, Tanaka's face instead showed metal and wires. She struck again, revealing even more metal. His right eye was a steel orb of glowing blue center, a seed of worry sprouted in her gut. Raim drew her knife, repeatedly tore at the clothes and flesh of Tanaka's chest. The man held his smile without even pinching. Energy levels are still rising, Admiral. No, Tanaka wasn't a man. Raim could see that now. The mechanical baths, computer chips, and sparking wires that showed through his ripped artificial flesh were proof enough. A deeper truth began to settle him. She wanted to scream. Raim rushed to her fleet. Order the fleets break orbit now, full burn, she shouted to her crew. Tell them to jump as soon as they can. It's too late, the robot ambassador Tanaka sang in a whimsical tone. Gravity is a clingy mistress. Raim's mind drifted back to the defense fleet that had torn through the arriving at Earth, had those already been lifeless too. On the main viewport, the surface of Earth faded like an afterimage. A hologram, Raim whispered, and the ruse. What floated in its place was a stark, smooth, grey sphere. She glanced at the tactical officer's console. The energy readings from the sphere were reaching catastrophic levels. So, the android ambassador laughed, an electronic buzz seeping into his voice. So glad you made it here, Admiral Raym. I hope your trail wasn't too difficult to decipher, but I'm sorry. Earth has eluded you. My master's whole world is far, far away. There is only one situation where I've ever seen humans send androids at their enemies, Ray muttered, feeling powerless even as the engines screamed against the gravities in place. Suicide missions. Fissures snaked across the massive sphere moments before it exploded, swallowing the Stolas fleet in an unrelenting light. End of